you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Are you ready to go into the word? We'll read the verse of the the series. You remember the verse of this series? It's Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. What does it say? You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to than to receive. It is more blessed to be able to give to the Lord than to be able to receive from the Lord. We all we are all happy about receiving from God, but very less times do we boast about our giving to God. And the Bible says our greater blessing is in being able to give to God, not just being able to receive from God, but to give to God. Amen. So in this season that is what we have been focusing on that is the one area where we have been trying to grow in and I see how several of you have picked up the revelations that we've been uh, learning you know different things that we've been learning in this entire series you've picked up on the revelations and you've you've been practicing it which is a good thing what does the bible say it is more blessed to give than to receive last sunday we learned this principle about sowing and reaping from the book of psalms let's read this out together psalms 126 verse 5 the bible says those who plant in tears they will harvest with not just joy but that expression of joy with the with testimonies with shouts of joy coming out of your life that is how you will harvest when when we sow it is not so easy when we give it away when we give away our resources when we give away our wealth it's not easy sometimes it's it can hurt us it can be painful but when it comes back it will come back as a great and a mighty harvest amen see something that i want to teach you this morning is that when we give we are in fact imitating god he's the ultimate giver right who is the one who loved the whole world that he gave god the father the bible says that god loved the world that he he gave he didn't just sing a song over this world and he didn't just say oh may god bless you and i'll pray for you i'll do something no no he just gave he gave his only begotten son amen and when we give we are in fact imitating god's nature of giving now one of the ways in which god gives one of the places in which god gives is when he gets into a covenant relationship with his people is when he gives you would see this all throughout scripture that he made covenants with different people and whenever he got into that covenant he gave in response to that covenant that he was making with that one person somebody say you are a covenant keeping god amen so you know this morning what we're going to learn i'm going to continue this next sunday you know we just going to stick to the old testament only this morning okay 
next sunday we will stick only to the new testament okay this that's going to be like the the second part of this sermon although the sermon titles will be different the the second part of this morning's word will come next week okay now in the old testament in the book of genesis chapter 9 god made a covenant with noah what was the covenant that he made with noah that as long as the earth exists never again will i destroy the entire world with water so he made a promise to them he made a covenant with them so the bible says then god told noah i am giving you come on read it with me the the next line uh, giving you what i'm giving you what a sign of my covenant that i'm making with you i that there is a promise that i made to you and to make sure that you always remember that promise i am giving you a sign something tangible see you know the promise is something which is not on the on the paper like you know when god makes a promise it's in the word but otherwise it's not something that you can see every day right so god said i'm going to give you the the rainbow something that you can see and remember what i have promised to you you know yesterday i was making a promise to my wife and and she told me do you really are you really really making this promise because you often tend to forget what you say and i said yes yes i am seriously making this promise she said okay give me a pen and uh, write it on the wall i said uh, <laughs> i said why should i write it on the she said, she said it's okay it's our bedroom nobody's going to see it but write it on the wall because you often tend to forget it and god said hey you know what just so that you will remember that i have made a covenant with you i am going to give you a sign so so there was a there was a promise that god had made but to to make sure that noah and for all humanity everybody that lives on this planet remembers that promise god gave a a sign so his giving the give what he gave to noah was not the covenant but it was a sign of the covenant do you understand what i'm saying so this morning i'm talking about giving because of a covenant relationship because of a covenant relationship you know last sunday we were talking about sowing sowing doesn't happen because of a covenant relationship sowing you do everywhere you throw the seeds you fling the seeds in the left the right good ground bad ground you know you know uh, hard ground uh, stony ground see uh, you know, the the ground with thorns and thistles everywhere you throw seeds all over right but when it comes to uh, making covenant based giving we will study covenant based giving in the old testament and we will study the same in the new testament i just want to pick out a few relationships in the old testament that were based on covenant and how they gave in that particular covenant when god made this covenant with abraham the bible says in genesis chapter 13 and verse 15 what did god say i am giving all this land as far as you can see and as your descendants uh, to you and your descendants as a permanent possession so may may i go to the extent of calling this also as a sign because this was not the blessing the blessing was that jesus will come through abraham because all the families on the earth will be 
blessed through it. That was the greatest blessing. That was the blessing. God told Abraham, I'm making you a blessing. Not that I'm giving you a blessing, but that I'm making you a blessing. That's a big difference, right? But to make sure that Abraham remembers that promise that is going to come through him, God told him, okay, here is a sign. Here is an added thing. I'm going to give you this land. This entire land, as far as you can see. In fact, the previous verse in the natural says, he, he made him walk all over the place. Just go to the left, right, north, south, everywhere and see and scout the land. And God said, all of this will be given to you. All of this is already given to you. This was this is not yet coming to Abraham's hand, but but God said, Hey, I've given all this to you already. I have written this off to you. Amen. The next verse. Then we see this in Genesis chapter 28, verse 30. Who is this? Jacob. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You remember this? Now, Jacob, he is making a covenant with God. Suddenly, there came a point when Jacob realized that the place that he is at, he realized this is not a normal place. Now, you should understand, when he was living with his father, he knew that God is present over there. But right now, he's, in a, he's, on a, on, he's outside the property that God had given to his father. He's traveling to his uh, uh, you know, uncle's place, that's Rebecca's brother's place. He's traveling, he's on the way. So he's outside the covering of what God had given to Abraham. Outside that place that God had allotted to Abraham. And on the way there, the Bible says he slept. And in the middle of the night, he saw a dream. He saw a vision of, of angels descending and ascending there, right? And suddenly he woke up and he said, wait, wait, wait. This is not an ordinary place. This is a place where God is dwells and as soon as he realized that this is a place where God dwells he made a covenant with God there in that particular place now this is outside of what God had promised to these guys this is not what the land that God had promised them but when he saw that God is present here also he said hey then then I need to make a covenant in this particular place I need to make a covenant with God in this particular place and what did he say? He said, if God, he, he made this vows. He said, if God will indeed be with me and he will protect me on this journey and if he will provide me with food and clothing. So, so this giving is, is a very covenant-based, relationship-based, transactional giving where he is, he is expecting something from God and in response to that, he says, I'm going to do something. The next line, verse 21, it says, And if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar that I have set up will become a place for worshipping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything that he gives me right here in this place. And in fact, the Bible talks about how Jacob went to his father-in-law's place. I mean, back in the day, it was his uncle. Later, when he came back, he was his father-in-law, had four wives, plenty of children, plenty of property, all of this. And he's coming back 
and several times God begin to, begins to remind Jacob of the promise that he had made. Jacob forgot this promise. Jacob made this promise when he had an encounter with God that I'm going to go back to that place. He, he renamed that place. It was called Luz and, and he changed it to uh, the name Bethel. And God referred to that in, in Genesis 35 when he said, Hey, arise! Get up from where you are and go to Bethel. Remember the promise that you made. Remember the covenant relationship that we had. See, the other givings that we spoke about, several givings that we spoke about, how many sermons have we learned? Nine till now, right? This is the tenth. There were several one of them, many of them that doesn't have a condition involved. But the covenant-based relationship is where there is a condition involved. Where he's telling God, God, if you do this for me, this is what I'm going to do back to you. I'm going to give. I'm going to get into this relationship with you where I am going to give back to you. I'm going to honor the place where you encountered me. I'm going to honor the place where your presence showed up. I pray that we will become so sensitive when we... When we come into church, we will become so sensitive to the presence of God that as soon as, as soon as you see God's presence showing up, you will immediately build an altar. You wouldn't have to wait to see, to get to the end of the service that as soon as you sense God sitting and standing next to you or God speaking to you, immediately you set up a memorial pillar there. Immediately you say, Lord, this is special. I honor your presence. I honor the fact that you're here right now with me. I honor the word that you're speaking to me right now and I celebrate. And, I, and, and that is the time you make a, a covenant with God. That is the time you make a covenant with God. And yet, the problem with us is this. You know, in the Old Testament, they did not have access to God's presence all the time. All of us in the New Testament, we have access to God's presence all the time. We, we can just go in and access this. So you know what happens with us? We take this presence for granted. And we come into the presence of God. We make promises. We tell God things that we don't even intend to keep. I mean, your pastor may not listen to this, listen to the prayers you are praying in secret in church or in your personal times. But God, the Holy Spirit, is very attentive to your prayers. He's very attentive to the covenants that you're making. He's very attentive to the promises that you're making towards Him. And the Lord is reminding certain people in this place this morning about the covenants, the promises that you had made. That if I, if I am blessed in 2019, this is what I will do in 2020. If, if God takes me off of this struggle, this debt, this problem, this is how I'm going to give to God. This is how I'm going to serve God. God is reminding you of your covenants. God is reminding you of your promises this morning. And, and here is Jacob. He's saying, if God will bring me back into this place, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give to him. He had gotten into a covenant relationship with God. Amen. Now, this is not just in terms of giving to God. It can also be in terms of the people in your life that God has placed to become, uh, to get into a covenant relationship, covenant partners, where you, you get into, into relationships with people that, that you believe in and that God, you believe that God has put them into your life and you say, hey, 
as long as this person is in my life as long as this person is going to be used by god to bless me i am going to make sure to bless this person back amen let's read uh, uh, another scripture the bible says jacob now here we're talking about blood relationship you know but but i'll tell you the basis of everything was love let's read it it says jacob loved joseph more than any of his other children because joseph won because joseph had been born to him in his old age so one day what did jacob do he made a special gift he had a special gift made for joseph it was a beautiful robe you know what he was doing he was entering into a covenant relationship with joseph he was entering into a covenant relationship with this guy now in the same way that abraham had two sons right ishmael and isaac but he got into a covenant relationship with isaac where whatever abraham carried the the promises of god that was upon abraham's life it was passed down through isaac and isaac did the same with jacob isaac had two sons esau and come on church all the bible readers in the house said an amen you would have at least finished genesis i can it's it's usually in exodus or leviticus where we call quits right but i'm sure we have read genesis plenty of times amen yes i pray that this year you will finish okay you will go all the way to revelation and then you will you will do more you will do multiple times the whole bible multiple times okay and the bible says that he connected in his heart although he had several children in his heart he connected to this one guy that he had a covenant relationship with the bible says he loved him more than anybody else he his heart was connected to joseph couple of reasons one because he was born in his old age another reason was because he was the son of rachel rachel was a woman that you know jacob really really loved and rachel died after giving birth to benjamin so whenever jacob would see joseph he would be reminded of rachel so so he had a particular fondness towards joseph and and this was a relationship that he wanted to take to the next level and what did he do he didn't treat him the same way that he would treat everybody else everybody else got the share of being a son in the house being a child in the house but there was one person who had a covenant relationship with his father and he received more than the share of everybody else i hope some of you are catching this i'm speaking in riddles this morning so you don't get everything <laughs> only the ones that have ears should hear this morning amen the bible says that joseph was so pleasing to his father and his father was so pleased with joseph that jo- the the father said hey i i want i want more in this particular relationship than the rest of my children the rest of my sons i i am here is a son that i am pleased with here is a son that i enjoy here is a son that i like giving gifts to here is a son that i i am in, in a covenant relationship with and i want to I want to give him a gift of uh, as a sign of my covenant with him. Amen. Let's go further. The Bible says later much much later, okay? This is few decades later, Joseph is in Egypt. 
and all his brothers they have come to receive from uh, food from Egypt but they don't know that Joseph is the prime minister of Egypt but they have come to buy food from there the Bible says Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit they, they didn't know that this is Joseph but Joseph knew who they were right even if your enemies don't recognize you may you recognize your enemies you know that is a blessing do you know that that's a blessing Jesus knew all along that Judas is stealing your blessing is not in the fact that you will not have enemies your blessing is in knowing who is your Judas so you you will not be taken by surprise when Judas decides to sell you out amen the Bible says the the brothers didn't recognize Joseph but Joseph recognized all of them and and the Bible says that he to their amazement he seated them according to age oldest to the youngest who was the eldest Reuben and the youngest was Benjamin oldest to youngest every one of them he seated them according to their age the next next line the Bible says and Joseph now here Joseph has taken the place of being uh, the, 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 the leadership okay now it's no longer Jacob who is in charge now it is Joseph who is in charge because Joseph is the one who is providing right Joseph is the one who is giving even towards the time when Joseph dies you would see that Joseph is still in charge although he's not the eldest in the house he's the, he's still the one in charge of he, he's the one who is who is blessing them giving them directions that when 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 the time is up God will take you to Canaan he's the one who is like passing the baton down right the same baton that he received from his father he's passing it down and the Bible says about Joseph the Bible says Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table but with Benjamin something else he did for Benjamin what did he do with Benjamin so he's serving food from his table okay usually Egyptians would never share their food with Israelis or anybody else they they uh, especially shepherds it's an abomination for them right but you know Jacob Joseph knows that these are the guys who sold him out these are the guys who tortured him all of that and still he is serving food for each and every one of them but there was one guy that he he wanted to get into a covenant relationship with what did he do to this guy now now I, I understand what you're thinking I you're thinking pastor if somebody puts five times the food in my plate I think that person doesn't like me but back in the day it was a different sign you know today we are trying to become you know as health conscious as possible but back in the day that that was a sign of a person's love for you I, do, I, I shouldn't say back in the day I think even in, my, in our, you know a previous generation it's only our generation that is so conscious about how much we eat what we eat our previous generation also the more they feed you the more they love you that is the sign of their love for you and and just in case they did not force you to eat man you have to really go and pray fall on your knees and wonder what did I do wrong right but here the Bible says that when he reached Benjamin he said I'm not gonna treat you the same way that I treated the remaining ten the remaining ten got a portion but you my dear Benjamin I'm gonna give you five times because this is a different relationship I'm investing into a different relationship right now amen later when Jacob was dying the Bible says in go further when Jacob was dying 
he called Joseph okay and he told Joseph beyond what I have given your brothers are you are you reading this with me come on you're getting what I'm trying to teach you this morning he's saying beyond what I have given your brothers I am somebody say extra it says I am giving you an extra portion of the land that I took from the Amorites with my sword and bow <laughs> yes there are hundred people in my church but there is one guy who understands the value of making covenants with God he is not satisfied giving what everybody else gives he's not satisfied doing what everybody else does he gives extra isn't that crazy and and, and this is what the Bible says about Jacob it says Jacob he gave from what he had conquered on his own like you know Jacob did not have an army or he was not a warrior like David was but the Bible says what I took from the Amorites with my own sword and bow you know if you have prepared something on your own if you have done something achieved something read somewhere with all your hard work you know how precious that will be for you that is something you don't want to part with right and that is what Jacob gave to Joseph because Joseph was special to him beyond all the other sons beyond all the other brothers he was special he said there is something that I have I have worked hard to get with my own sword and bow that is an extra portion that I'm giving you yes all the other brothers get equal portion of the land but to you I'm going to give you something that I really worked hard for. All that my father gave, I'm going to divide it between the 12. But there is something that I earned for myself. I fought and I'm giving that to you. That is a covenant-based giving, guys. That's, that's the covenant-based giving where you give an extra portion. It can be to God. It can be to the people that you're in a covenant relationship with. You know, this is not like sowing. You know, this is not like sowing. Sowing, you're not very intentional about how much money the person gets or don't get or who it is. Or, uh, this is a very intentional relationship that you want to nurture and you want to flourish and you want to take to the next level. And you say, hey, to you, I'm going to give you a different portion, a different portion that I wouldn't give to others. Let's jump to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 5. Read it with me. But to Hannah, somebody said, but to Hannah. What did he give? Who is this speaking about? Elkanah, right? It says, but to Hannah, come on, read it with me, please. Read it with me. It says, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion. Why? Because he loved her, even though the Lord had closed her womb. Now, 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 check this out. This is the lady who is not able to bring anything into the house this is the lady who is not able to increase what the husband carries on his life he's not she's not able to steward there is another lady called penina who is more fruitful more productive has more children all of that is in place right but here is a lady who's the bible says her her womb was closed by the lord but but she decided but but elkanah decided I'm not just giving to her because she's able to bring something into the house right now. I have a relationship. I have a covenant relationship with her. 
which is different from the relationship that I have with Penina. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything that happened between Jacob and Joseph was because of the relationship Jacob had with Rachel. Now here is a relationship that Elkanah had with Hannah. And he says, you know what? I, I know this looks like I'm being partial. But how many of you know that God is not a fair God? To some he gives five. Then to another person he gives two. And the third person he gives you cannot bring your egalitarian principle to God and say, God, you know, all of us should get the same portion. No, 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 don't do that. That's not how God does. You know, if you try to use your mathematics and, and say, I have done this. No, 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 that's not how God does. You be faithful with whatever has been given to you. And sometimes there will be those people who have a covenant relationship with God. And, and who have a covenant relationship, who are, who are willing to go an extra mile, who are willing to do something out of the ordinary. And the Bible says, because he loved Hannah, he gave her a, a double portion. Now this love is very tricky. You, you, you know, if you make a promise, you have to keep that promise. If you say that I am going to uh, give you a double portion, you have to, you better write it on your bedroom wall today. <laughs> You better go and, you know, inscribe it on your mirror so that you can't take it off. Bedroom wall, you can, you know, once you paint, it will go away. In, don't tattoo, okay? That's not a good thing to tattoo. But, but do something to make sure that the promises that you're making towards God and towards the people that, you know, God has placed in your life, it's a, it's a real promise. It's a covenant-based promise. You're making a covenant saying, hey, I, I, I am serious about this particular relationship and I'm going to invest no matter how hard it gets no matter how difficult it gets I'm still gonna give you it's very easy for Elkanah to say hey you know we have a lot of children on the other wife's house can you please uh, take a cut this year but he said no it is hard I'm gonna pay a price and I'm gonna still give you the double portion that I give you every year amen let's go further let's jump to this man called David. How many of you love David? You love David? Man, I love this guy. I think uh, when it comes to making covenants, I don't think there's anybody better than this guy. He made a covenant with God. He made it a covenant with, to, 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 to honor his uh, demon-possessed boss. All the people working in corporate said an amen <laughs> to that. You know, you know that his, his boss was demon-possessed, right? I, I'm sure none of you are threatened to be killed at your offices. But here is a guy, he's just doing his regular thing and he may get killed. That, and still he chose, he made a covenant. I'm not going to touch this guy. I'm going to honor. If, if he has to kill me, let him kill me. I'll still not touch him. I will serve him. I will give to him. He made a covenant with him. He made a covenant with almost everybody. That, that came by his way. There were several people who, who had done evil things to him and they came and requested, will you, will you please spare us? And, and, and he made a covenant with them. Sure, I will spare you, don't worry. He was merciful to all of them. But when his son came, his son came and killed all of them. But he made a covenant. He was, he was a guy who understood the value of making covenants. He made a covenant with literally almost every person that came across his way. 
Now this particular story is the covenant that he made with a man called Jonathan. Okay, let's read it. It says, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. And the Bible says there was a immediate bond between them. For Jonathan loved David. One person says Jonathan loved David. And because of that, there was an immediate bond that got developed between the both of them. Immediate bond. Another version says there was a, there was a soul tie between the both. Their souls were knit together. That's what the Bible says. There was a soul tie. You know, there are, there are good kind of soul ties too. There are the bad kinds too. Don't, don't, don't aim for those. But there is, there is a good kind of soul tie. A covenant-based soul tie. A covenant-based soul tie. Which is, which is an honorable soul tie. And the Bible says, the next, we'll skip to verse 3. It says, and Jonathan, because he loved David, what did he do? He made a, a solemn pact with David. Why? Because he loved him as he loved himself. Himself. Can you imagine? This is, this is not an ordinary person in Israel doing it. This is a guy who is very well established. He doesn't need David. Do you know that he doesn't need David? He's going to become the next king. Right? But because he loved David so much, he made a solemn pact with him. In fact, he also knows the fact that this is the guy because of whom I may never be able to become king. But still he made a pact with him. He said, I'm willing to give it all away. I'm willing to give it all away because I, I love you and I'm getting into a covenant relationship. I'm making an oath. I'm making a vow to you. Those are the other translations. See, some of the things that you should do is when you get the PDF of the church sermon verses on your phone in the evening, right? What you should do is take up your Bible, read this in all the translations. Read it in all translations. You'll get a deeper meaning. You'll get an insight. Don't ignore uh, you know, the, the, the PDF. We, we are sharing it very intentionally so that you have something to meditate on during the week. So something that you should do is pick up these scriptures in the Bible and meditate on it from different translations of the Bible. Go to KJV, go to NKJV, go to ESV, see Message Bible, check out. Uh, Off late I have been hooked with the Passion Translation and you know, check out all the different translations possible. Go into Hebrew. In the Old Testament you would see the Hebrew word behind it. In the New Testament you would see the Greek word behind it. All of this is available online free of cost guys. You know, back in the day when I was growing up, I had to save up for two years to buy one reference Bible. We used to call it the Dakes Bible. Anybody heard of a Dakes Bible? Yes. That, that tells you that I have people my age, my generation also in this church. But otherwise, I mean, today nobody knows Dakes Bible because we have better content than Dakes Bible on our phones, right? But thank God for that. So use these resources to meditate and grow in these revelations during the week. What I am giving you this morning is time limited. It is limited. It's only an appetizer for you to go and, and dig deep into and make it your own full course meal. Will you do that? Okay. The Bible says, verse 4, because he loved, this is what he did. He, he made a covenant, right, with David. And what did he do? Verse 4, it says, Jonathan sealed the pact. How? 
by shaking hands and say, God bless you, brother. We have made a promise. Now we'll remember this, right? No. But he had something on himself and he took it off and says, by taking off his robe. Now, now he's a, he's a prince. He's a, he's a son of a king. He's wearing a robe of royalty upon him. Am I right? And, and the Bible says he took it off and he gave it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow and belt. I, I'm, I'm very curious to know, I, when I get to heaven, if Saul makes it to heaven, I'll ask him, how did Jonathan get back home that day? Because <laughs> he almost gave away everything. He didn't have, I mean, he's almost stripped himself. Where? He gave everything. Everything that was on him, he gave it away. And, you know, and, and why? Because he had gotten into that covenant relationship with David and said, all that I have is yours. Take it all. I'm not going to claim ownership to any of these things. This, this, each and every one of it. You know, go and study them. Okay? Each and every one of them has a significance. The belt, the, the tunic, the, the sword, the, the bow, the, the robe. Every single one of them. The tunic is like undergarments. You know what you wear inside the robe. Everything has significance. He took everything off and he gave it away to David saying, I have made a covenant with you, but this is a sign. Everybody says sign. A symbol or, a, 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 you know, I, this is a seal. That's the word used here. I'm sealing this covenant that I have made with you by giving you this, this promise that I have made to God. I'm sealing it by giving it away giving away whatever I have on me right now. Amen? And you know the story of how these guys were faithful to each other. Let's go to the next verse. It says in first, second Samuel chapter 9 verse 1, many years later, now David is sitting on the throne and David remembers the covenant. David remembers. David when he walked into his house, he would have, you know, I'm sure he had a busy schedule. But one day when he walked into his house, he saw, he saw the tunic, he saw the belt, he saw the bow, the sword, the, the robe that Jonathan had given him. It was a sign, it was something to remember. He saw the writing on the wall, he saw the inscription on the mirror and he immediately remembered, wait, 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 I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting somebody. Now Jonathan is not even alive right now. Jonathan is not even there, right? So he asked, is there anybody in Saul's family who is still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Anybody. He remembered it. He remembered what Jonathan had done to him, how Jonathan had blessed him. And he, and he, and he is like, is there anybody in, in, in Saul's family that I can show kindness to this morning? You know, he sent out his messengers, whatsapp forwards, everything, you know, to make sure that somebody from Saul's family will reply to the messages. And finally he found Mephibosheth. And what did he do to Mephibosheth? In the next verse, verse 7, when he came, he almost fell face down before David because back in the day, and even now in the kingdoms where, you know, there are royalty that exists, as soon as one person takes throne, the other people start feeling insecure. You know this fact because they're like if this as long as I am as long as he's alive there is a threat to my life 
he can kill me so that he can get the throne and and you know so Mephibosheth is thinking is this guy going to wipe out my family only because I'm part of Saul's family he's coming with trembling with fear he, he doesn't know what's going to happen today he comes and falls at David's feet he was living in hiding no social media accounts all this time he's deleted his, the day his father died he deleted Facebook Twitter Instagram he's nowhere to be found but but David still found him and brought him in and he's this guy is really scared and David tells him don't be afraid I intend to to show kindness to you because of my promise not to you but to your father your father not even to you Mephibosheth I know that you've done nothing good in your life but your father made a promise to me your father made a promise to me this morning even before I had prepared this sermon I was praying I was asking the Lord for for a word and you know I saw the vision of a, a throne it was a beautiful throne I tried googling for images uh, that I can see something like that but nothing a very beautiful throne and I, I heard the Lord say this season I, today I'm, I'm releasing royalty to some people not because you deserve it come on church are you listening to me this morning not because you deserve it not because you owe it not because you are in the right lineage and the right inheritance but because of something that someone else did in your family someone did somebody gave somebody sowed somebody you know became almost naked to be able to make a covenant on your behalf and because of that a throne is coming to your house because of that a crown is coming upon your head because of that a royal robe is coming upon you because of that a royal tunic is coming upon you because of that a royal sword and a royal bow is coming upon you you are a covenant keeping God give me the next verse it says, this is what he says, okay? I'm not here to take away from you, Mephibosheth. I'm here to give to you. I'm here to give to you. He's, he's trying to say, please, I don't want your throne. Please leave me alone. Just let me live. But, God, but, but David calls out to him and says, no, no, no. Your father did something that you have no idea about. It would have been humiliating for, Dave, for Jonathan who to have done that. He says, so I'm going to do something in return. To what your father did I'm going to bless you he says I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul and and what you will eat here at the royal table royalty will be mine royalty will be yours if you know how to make covenants if you know how to make patch and to and to give to those covenants in those covenant relationships man i'm telling you some of you are about to get an invitation to a royal table some of you are going to get an invitation to something big something beautiful something that you and i don't deserve we don't deserve it but we're going to get an invitation why because god is a covenant keeping god even when david forgets there is something in david's house that will remind him if David, were, David doesn't do it, there is somebody else that God would use to make sure that Mephibosheth gets his reward. 
Why? Because Jonathan has done his part of sowing. Jonathan has done his part of making a covenant in and investing into that covenant. And that is why that will not go waste. Amen? In the next verse it says, one day, now this is what David did, right? So now this is the time for David to reap. One day David remarked, it says, he longingly remarked to his men. Now his men are the ones who have laid down their life for David. They are the ones who have a relationship, a covenant relationship with David. In the previous place you see, uh, David had a covenant relationship with uh, Jonathan and how Jonathan sowed into David's life, right? Now here is his men who are, uh, you know, fighting for him. They are, they are protecting his life in every possible way. And he just, just longingly, he just made a comment. He didn't even, he wasn't even serious about it. He just longingly said something. He said, oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. What is he saying? He's just, he's just Shuma saying, I, I've, we are in battle for so long. I wish to, you know, if it was in India, he would have said, I wish to have the Nariel Pani from Kerala, you know, something like that, you know, whatever. And immediately, the three mighty men, the three of his commanders who heard this, okay, they did not send their, you know, their juniors. They themselves put their own lives at risk and they went into the enemy's camp. The Bible says, so the three, they broke through the Philistine lines in the middle of the night, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem and brought it back to David. You can make an entire movie upon this. <laughs> you know, can you, does your head work in a dramatic fashion like mine? Where you can see the whole picture running in your head, how David just made an off-handed remark and these guys didn't even wait for David's permission because it was a covenant relationship. They said, hey, we can't just give you what we give to anybody else. He, they said, we are going to put our lives at stake to honor this one comment that you made. And they went into the enemy's territory, brought this water, drew this water out and brought it to David. David, when he received it, he was so awed by it that he said, I don't think it's right for me to drink this. I think what you just did to me is actually equivalent to offering something to God. So he poured it out down. He said, let this become an offering to God. Let this become a pleasing aroma to God. Let this become a worship to God. Let this become something that will, that will please the heart of God. These men had a covenant relationship with David, but when they brought that water from the well next to Bethlehem, they were not bringing water. They were actually bringing blood because they put their blood, their lives at stake to bring that water. But that was not just water. That was life. They were, they were giving their life. And David said, I'm not worthy to enjoy your life. This has to go to God. And he poured it off and he said, let this go to God as an offering. This season, some of your giving is going to be so radical. It's going to be so crazy that when you may be giving to a man you may be giving to an institution to a church to an organization to a ministry to to whichever places that you have a covenant relationship with but your giving is going to be so glorious so so awesome that god is going to look at it and say man this you know what you're giving to this guy it's equivalent to 
giving to me. What you're doing for these guys, it's equivalent to doing it for me. I, I like this part. This is uh, my grandfather's revelation. Can I share this? Yes. You know, it talks about this in Exodus chapter 3, how, you know, Moses was, Moses had this encounter with God, right? You remember this? Exodus chapter 3, burning bush story. We've learned this from Sunday school days, how Moses stood before the burning bush and, and God called out, Moses, Moses, take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. Come on guys, say an amen if, you're, if you know what you're talking about. Okay. And then Moses returns and God, this is what God tells Moses. Moses, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Jacob and Isaac. Go and tell the Israelites that I, I am that I am, I am the one who is sending you. Okay. Go to, go to Israelites and speak to them. Now, Moses has had an encounter with God and he's coming and meeting with the Israelites. Okay? And then God tells them the second part. He says, now, once you share with these Israelites, they have to go and speak to Pharaoh saying, the God of the Hebrews has come and appeared to us. Okay, see, I'll explain this to you. When God spoke to Moses, God said, I'm the God of your father. But when God was speaking to an entire nation, God said, I'm the God of Hebrews. Okay, the entire nation. But the funny thing is, these guys did it and they didn't even think that they were lying. When God told them to do that, to go and tell, the, tell Pharaoh and Egypt that the God of the Hebrews has appeared to us, they did it without any guilty consciousness. But... Do you know that God had not appeared to them? God had only appeared to Moses in the burning bush. God had not appeared to the Hebrews. But what did they go and tell Pharaoh? The God of the Hebrews has appeared to us and he wants us to go to the wilderness and worship him. In other words, what God was saying is, guys, when I want to encounter an entire generation, I'm not going to give encounters to everybody. I'm going to give an encounter to a Moses. And when you have met that Moses, when you have encountered that Moses, when you have spoken to that Moses, it is equivalent to speaking to the God that he encountered. When you give to this Moses, when you have a covenant relationship with this Moses, you're not, you're not giving this to Moses anymore. Now when you stand before the world, you can say, hey, the God of the Hebrews has appeared to us. The God of Bangalore Revival Center has appeared to us, has spoken to us. And this is what he's saying in this season. This is what he's doing in this season. And things are about to change and things are about to shift. Amen. I pray that this will become a revelation to you. That, that, that you're giving to, especially when your giving is based on a covenant. That giving is actually worship that giving has the capacity to become worship amen let's go to the next line uh, I'm gonna quickly read a few verses before we go back to one last story for the day okay Psalm 15 verse 1 read it out with me who may worship in your sanctuary Lord who may enter your presence how many of you want to encounter his presence this morning the Bible says who may worship me like this? Who may encounter my presence? Verse 4, it says, Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and 
Come on, read this line with me loudly. And what do they do? They keep their promises even when it hurts. Somebody said, ouch. You know, Pinky mentioned that. Giving even when it hurts. Keeping their promises, keeping that covenant even when it hurts. This is, this is another level of giving that we are talking about now. This is not just, you know, tithing. You know, tithing was like the initial stages. We've not spoken about tithing since I think the last six, seven sermons. Tithing is just the basic level of giving. What we are talking about today is covenant-based giving. Amen? And the Bible says, you want to grow in encountering God's presence? You need to be a man and a woman of your word. You need to take your promises to God very seriously. Even if you make less promises, if you don't promise big, big things, that's okay. Whatever you say, whatever you speak, make sure to keep those promises because you may forget it, but God does remember the promises that you make. Let's jump to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1 onwards. As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth this is not talking about just being in church, okay? I, I'd like for you guys to talk when you come to church. It's okay to talk, okay? It's okay to talk, it's okay to worship, do all of that. But he's speaking about making promises. When it comes to making promises, receiving promises, keep your ears open. But if, when you're making promises, be very careful what promises you make. He says, it is evil to make mindless. Somebody say mindless. You know how, how, how you know, we come to church and we, sometimes we don't speak lies, but we sing lies, no? It is a song that Chris Tomlin wrote to Jesus. And we come and sing it like, oh, this is my song. And, and you don't mean it at all. It's a mindless offering. That, that covenant has no value. And, and, and you're making, you're actually making covenants with God. And you're singing those songs and you're speaking them out. If you don't agree with it, if you don't believe it, don't sing it. No problem. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to point out to you. It's okay, but don't lie in the presence of God. When you come to church, make sure to value your words. When you're sitting in the presence of God, make sure to value what you tell the Lord you're going to do for Him. Because we don't want to be a church that is giving Him mindless offerings. When our offering goes to God, it has to be a heavy offering. It has to be something that God would look down and say, Man, this, this is not ordinary. This is not ordinary. Amen? Verse 2. It says, Don't make rash promises. Don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let your words be few. God is giving us an instruction. See, all of this is in, in relationship to making promises. This is not, I'm not talking about your worship. I'm not talking about, you know, saying hallelujah, glory, or, you know, whatever you want to worship God. I'm talking about making promises to God. Don't make rash promises to God this season because every promise you make is a covenant. If you make a covenant with God, make sure to write it down. If you make a covenant with God, make sure to inscribe it somewhere. Make sure to sow into that covenant. Make sure to give into that covenant as a sign of the covenant that you're making. Make sure that that covenant is a real covenant. You're not just making an empty promise to God. Amen? Next verse. Verse 3 says, Too much activity gives you restless dreams and too many words make you a, a fool. 
Anybody who has uh, restless dreams? I'm just kidding. Don't lift your hands. I'm sure several of us have. The Bible says too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words, they make you a fool. Verse 4, it is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. I'm not saying don't make a promise. I'm saying when you do make a promise, you have to keep that promise. Because covenant, it works both ways. If God has to bless you, you have to keep your end of the bargain, guys. Any promise that God made to Abraham, Noah, all of these guys, David, Solomon, all of them, it was a condition. If you walk before me, blameless, all the days of your life, like your father did, then I will bless you, then I will prosper you. It was a condition. And God is saying, it is better that you come empty-handed, that you be shut, than for you to make a promise and not to keep it, not to make it. If you made a promise, you have to go to any extent to keep it, even if it means you go bankrupt. Amen? The next line, it says, Don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise that you made was a... Basically what he's saying is, don't test the treasurer after you, you know, have made a promise to do something. Don't test him later saying, oh, but I, I, I made a mistake, guys. Uh, you know, don't do that. It says, that would make God angry and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. Why do you think God was so upset with Ananias and Sapphira? Because they made a promise. They went, oh, they saw everybody giving all their properties and everything to God. And they're like, that's it. We are also doing the same. They went and they purchased everything. That, that's when they realized, man, the real estate value has gone up. This is not what I was expecting. And when the money came into the hand, they were like, oh, this is, this is a big amount. But they had already committed to church that they're going to give the whole thing to God, right? Now they come and they, they don't even want to be noticed by pastor that day. You know, they, they slowly, nicely, you know, squeeze into the church, somehow go and put the offering and he's running away and Peter stops him. He says, hey, the offering that you put, is that the entire amount that you promised that day? That day you stood before everybody and you promised something, you remember? Did you put the whole amount? Actually, Ananias wouldn't have even said it in open. He would have probably said it in his heart before God, saying, this is what I want to do. But then he ended up giving only 50%. Now, a property's 50% is still a big amount. If I was Peter, I would have said, God bless your heart, 50%. I've rarely seen anybody give 50% to God. May the Lord bless you. We will use this for ministry in Africa. We'll use this for ministry in rural parts of India. I mean, so much can be done by this, right? But, but Peter said, no, this is, a, this is a broken offering. This is a broken promise. That's why the Bible says, if God becomes angry, He might just wipe out everything you have. Let's go to the next line. Talk is cheap, like daydreams and other useless activities. But fear God when you speak a word, when you make a covenant with God. Because this morning, we are about to make some covenants with God. I'm encouraging you to make covenants with God. But I'm putting the fear of God in your heart before you make that covenant. Even if it is one covenant, you become serious about that covenant because the Lord is speaking to people who've made covenants before him you know I made a covenant with God last year saying I'm going to increase my tithing to 20% 
and immediately that got test tested immediately i had shortage of funds immediate and there were months when all that i had was this amount that i had you know promised to give to god and uh, it was so easy to say god this month i will just decrease back to you know 10% this month we really don't have uh, there were several tempting months and to the best of my memory i think that we were able to give 20% throughout last year and i believe that when when you when you make a promise to god god will give you the grace to keep that promise god will give you the grace to to do above and beyond what you are able to do when you make a promise saying i'm going to give bring water from the well god will go with you make sure that your blood is not shed next to the philistines hands because there is a covenant that you made with the man of god that you have to bring the water you will bring the water you will bring it back amen and uh, let me just finish with this particular story this is uh, god's okay let's read this verse also matthew 5 verse 37 everybody know this very well what does it say jesus said it just say a simple yes i will or no i won't let your yes be yes and your no be a no okay now let's go to the next story second samuel chapter 7 i love 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 this story one morning david wakes up out of the blue he wakes up and he says he calls the prophet nathan and he says look at this i am living in a beautiful cedar palace cedar is a wood okay saying i'm living in a beautiful cedar palace but the ark of god is out there in a you remember david was a man who made covenants with almost every every person including god and including the ark of god including the, in the including the presence of god and here he calls the prophet not an ordinary guy he is not calling his accountant to check if we can do it or not he's calling the man of god who is hearing the heart of god who if you've spoken to moses it's like speaking to god so you've called the man of god and he's asking him hey you know what i i want i want to i want to do something for god's house i want to build a building for god's house i want to make a building i have been i've i've been living in this nice cedar house for such a long time but god's house is still in a tent i want to do something for god that's all that he said immediately the man of god said wow amazing that's such a great idea may the lord bless you do whatever you want to do you want to build a house build you want to build a bigger house for god please go ahead do it he left the building and god came and spoke to prophet nathan and, and said go back to him and tell him no it's not you i have a different plan but because david made this covenant with god saying like saying god's house cannot be in a lower standard than my house that was his, what was he doing basically he was comparing god's house with his house he was saying hey this is where my house is and this 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 doesn't make sense if if my house is on this level god's house has to be at a higher level so he did not even make the plan but god saw the heart that he did he made and god said i'm going to honor you just for thinking to put my house above your house and i'm going to bless you for this and god sends the same prophet back to him and says you know what go and speak to david and this is what he says the next verse verse 11 it says i will give you rest 
See, this was a man who was fighting battles constantly, constantly. One battle is over, next battle. I mean, even before he came, became a king, he was fighting battles. Not just Goliath, even when he was a shepherd, he was fighting battles. I don't think anybody fought so many battles all his life. At one point, his you know, assistant pastors had to come and tell him, Bro, your life is very precious for us. Could you please rest? Let's fight these giants for you. You know, we've seen your battle techniques. We've done this long enough. Now you rest. We will fight for you. Even at that point, even at that age, David was still fighting battles. And so finally, when David made this covenant with God about building a house for God that is above his own house, God says, now I'm going to give you rest from all your enemies. Is somebody receiving a prophetic word this morning? I know that some of you are facing repeated battles. But the Lord is saying this season, if you are going to make a covenant with God, I'm going to bring a rest. I'm going to bring you to a season of rest. You know what happens in a season of rest? Do you remember the the first Sunday sermon, the year of gathering sermon? If you don't, go back and listen to it again, okay? Six days you will have normal gathering. But on the seventh day, for the seventh day, on the sixth day, because the seventh day is going to be a day of rest, you will have two times the gathering, even for the season of rest. So so the Lord, when He says that I'm going to bring you to a season of rest, what He's saying is I'm going to make sure that all the provisions required for your season of rest, I'm going to make sure that it comes. The gathering that is required for your season of rest, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to, I'm going to provide for you. Don't worry about that. I'm going to bring you to a place of rest. Furthermore, the Lord says, David, you thought that, you know, you live in a cedar house as... You have no idea. I'm going to make you a house now. Now, you made a house for yourself. But now, because you decided or you desired, he didn't even desire, decide. He desired. He desired and he spoke to the man. He only desired. And the Bible says, because you desired this, I am going to make a house for you. Just, I don't know who this is for, but if you believe this is for you, just lift your hands and receive this. This year, this season may the Lord build your house may the Lord settle things that has not been settled till now may the Lord work for you may the Lord fight your battles this season and it says I will make a house for you a dynasty of kings a dynasty of kings not one or two kings but a dynasty an array a a whole lineup of royalty do you remember the throne vision the vision of a throne. God is saying, is there anybody in this place who is willing to make covenants with me? Because I am giving you, a, I'm pouring out a royal anointing this morning. I'm giving, I'm giving away thrones into your destiny, into your generations. Now, David didn't even experience what God is speaking about in his lifetime. It was his generations who experienced this. But David's covenant with God benefited his generations. This morning, I know that some of you don't even know what a generation means. Don't even know how much money it takes to have a delivery in a hospital. But I'm telling you, your generations are already blessed. Because of the covenants, because of the promises you're making right now, your generations are already blessed. God is speaking a royal blessing upon your generations. Verse 12, he says, but when you die and you're buried with your ancestors, I am going to raise up somebody else in your place. 
and I'm going to raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. I will make his kingdom strong. This morning, God is releasing a blessing for generations to come. Generations to come. God says that I will raise a generation, raise a descendant from from your family, from your home, not a descendant, multiple descendants, for multiple nations. God is going to give you nations as an inheritance. Nations as an inheritance. Nations as an inheritance. Dennis, I, I see this vision of, of, of multiple nationalities in your family. You know, uh, multiple nationalities. I, I, I'm not 100% sure if this is blood relationship. I don't know if you will marry a foreigner. You may. But I see multiple nationalities in your family line. Your, your children will marry people of different nations. You will have inheritance in different nations. You will be a, a your, your family will be a, a multicultural family. Because there is a grace for nations upon you. There is, a, there is a grace for multicultural anointing upon you. You are not limited to Maharashtra. You are not limited to India. The Lord says the grace that is upon you, it surpasses generations and cultures and, and boundaries and languages. So the Lord says, do not limit yourself. The Lord says, elevate your learning in this season. Increase your learning in this season. The Lord is going to teach you languages that you don't even know yet. There is a special blessing to learn different languages, new languages. Languages that are not normal or easy for you to learn. God will give you grace. God will teach you the culture of places and people that are, that are not familiar, that, that you are not used to. Teach you. God will teach you how to eat with them. God will teach you. God will help, actually help you enjoy their food. That's, a, that's definitely a blessing. I can tell you that. So there is a grace. So I see this in your family. I see, are you, I see you sitting on a table and I see different color skins and different languages on the table, on that particular table. And I, 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 I think that it's also your physical family as much as it's also your spiritual ministry. I feel that it's also your physical family that the Lord is speaking about. And the Lord is releasing a royal anointing for nations, nations this evening. Amen. I will make his kingdom strong. Let's. It says he's the one who will build a house, a temple for my name. Hmm. He's the one who will build a house for me. He will build a temple for my name and I will secure his royal throne. I didn't know that this word throne is there already, but I saw this word throne in my spirit. I saw a throne in my spirit. And I, I believe that this morning the Lord is speaking this to each and every one of us in this place. That, I, that God has already given you a throne and He's going to secure your throne in this season. Secure your throne. Let's quickly read the next couple of verses. This is now God speaking to Solomon, okay? That was God speaking to David. Now God is speaking to Solomon himself. What is God saying? Concerning the temple that you, Solomon, are building. What did God tell David? Your son will build the house, build the temple that you, that you wanted to do, right? Concerning this temple that you are building, if you keep all the decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill, somebody screamed that two words, through you. I will fulfill through you the promise 
that I made to your father David so what is God telling Solomon Solomon you are going to be a middle person or a channel or a vessel through whom God will fulfill his promises to David amen now what is this promise that God is talking about is this a promise about a lot of wealth Solomon is already wealthy this is a promise about a lot of you know you know substances he already had all of them what is the promise that God had made to David you know when David spoke to God in 2nd Samuel 7 David God said hey do you think that I need a house the heaven and the earth cannot contain me do you think that I, I can be limited to a house but David because of his desire to build a house for God God said okay fine you build a house this is what I'm gonna do give me the next verse verse 13 he says yes so I'm gonna do this I know that all of heaven and earth is not capable enough to contain me but if you do build a house I will come down and I will live among the Israelites and never abandon my people Israel this morning I'm telling you this is the greatest blessing we can get from the Lord if God says that I'm going to come and make my house among on your promises the covenants that you you know where where this this house that Solomon built for God is not even Solomon's idea whose idea was this David's idea but the blessings that Mephibosheth enjoyed it was not even his blessing whose idea was it? it was Jonathan's idea to make a pact with David and to so and here is Solomon he's just a channel that God is using to fulfill a promise that God made to his father David and what is the promise it's not even money it's not even generations this money generations thrones all of these are signs of the covenant they are signs they are just you know okay to believe that I have given you this here is 30 acres of land here is 5 million rupees here is so and so whatever God is gonna give you signs of the covenant that he is making with you but the ultimate promise that he is making with us this morning is that I will come and I will live on your covenant I will live in the place that you built for me so this morning my prayer is that when we build a house for God we will build the craziest glorious glamorous the most awesome house for God and I'm not talking about a, a physical building alone I'm talking about our worship this morning are you ready to go back into a time of worship yeah come on worship team. I want us to worship like never before I want us to give him praise and thanks like never before I want us to build him a house the greater are the house the greater will be the capacity because if you even if you build six foot tall house God says I'm gonna come and I'm gonna live in that six foot tall house but if you're gonna build a 30 foot tall house God says okay the bigger you build the greater your sacrifice the greater your worship I'm gonna come and I will live in whatever you build for me whatever you build for me I'm gonna live in that I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy that no matter how small big whatever it is I'm gonna come and enjoy that are you ready for this let's read this next line before we go in one two three go a covenant based giving makes way 
for me and my generations after me to be ushered into royalty. One more time, come on. A covenant-based giving makes way for me and the generations after me to be ushered into royalty. One more time. A covenant-based giving makes way for me and for my generations to be ushered into royalty. I don't know who needs to be ushered into royalty this morning, but angels are here ushering some people into royalty. May your covenants speak for you. May your giving speak for you. May your worship speak for you. May your love for the Lord speak for you. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.